Matthew Henry's Commentary on the Whole Bible Leviticus 21 This chapter might borrow its title from Malachi 2 verse 1, And now, O you priests, this commandment is for you. It is a law obliging priests with the utmost care and jealousy to preserve the dignity of their priesthood. 1. The inferior priests are here charged both concerning their mourning and concerning their marriages, and their children, verses 1-9. to 2. The high priest is restrained more than any of them, verses 10 to 15. 3. Neither the one nor the other must have any blemish, verse 16, etc. Laws concerning the priests, 1490 BC. 1. And the Lord said unto Moses, Speak unto the priests the sons of Aaron, and say unto them, There shall none be defiled for the dead among his people, too, but for his kin, that is near unto him, that is, for his mother, and for his father, and for his son, and for his daughter, and for his brother, three and for his sister a virgin, that is nigh unto him, which hath had no husband, for her may he be defiled. For but he shall not defile himself, being a chief man among his people, to profane himself. Five they shall not make baldness upon their head, neither shall they shave off the corner of their beard, nor make any cuttings in their flesh. Six they shall be holy unto their God, and not profane the name of their God, for the offerings of the Lord made by fire, and the bread of their God, they do, do offer, therefore they shall be holy. 7 They shall not take a wife that is a whore, or profane, neither shall they take a woman put away from her husband, for he is holy unto his God. 8 Thou shalt sanctify him therefore, for he offereth the bread of thy God, he shall be holy unto thee, for I the Lord, which sanctify you, am holy. 9 And the daughter of any priest, if she profane herself by playing the whore, she profaneth her father, she shall be burnt with fire. It was before appointed that the priests should teach the people the statutes God had given concerning the difference between clean and unclean, chapter 10 verses 10 and 11. Now here it is provided that they should themselves observe what they were to teach the people. Note, those whose office it is to instruct must do it by example, as well as precept, 1 Timothy 4 verse 12. The priests were to draw nearer to God than any of the people, and to be more intimately conversant with sacred things, and therefore it was required of them that they should keep at a greater distance than others from everything that was defiling and might diminish the honor of their priesthood. 1. They must take care not to disparage themselves in their mourning for the dead. All that mourned for the dead were supposed to come near the body, if not to touch it, and the Jews say, It made a man ceremonially unclean to come within six feet of a dead corpse, nay, it is declared, Numbers 19.14 that all who come into the tent where the dead body lies shall be unclean seven days. Therefore all the mourners that attended the funeral could not but defile themselves, so as not to be fit to come into the sanctuary for seven days, for this reason it is ordered, 1. That the priests should never put themselves under this incapacity of coming into the sanctuary, unless it were for one of their nearest relations, verses 1-3. to A priest was permitted to do it for a parent or a child, for a brother or an unmarried sister, and therefore, no doubt, though this is not mentioned, for the wife of his bosom, for Ezekiel, a priest, would have mourned for his wife if he had not been particularly prohibited, Ezekiel 24 verse 17. By this allowance God put an honor upon natural affection, and favored it so far as to dispense with the attendance of his servants for seven days, while they indulged themselves in their sorrow for the death of their dear relations, but beyond this period, weeping must not hinder sowing, nor their affection to their relations take them off from the service of the sanctuary.
nor was it at all allowed for the death of any other, no, not of a chief man among the people, as some read it, verse 4. They must not defile themselves, no, nor for the high priest himself, unless thus akin to them. Though there is a friend that is nearer than a brother, yet the priests must not pay this respect to the best friend they had, except he were a relation, lest, if it were allowed for one, others should expect it, and so they should be frequently taken off from their work, and it is hereby intimated that there is a particular affection to be reserved for those that are thus near akin to us, and, when any such are removed by death, we ought to be affected with it, and lay it to heart, as the near. Approach of death to ourselves, and an alarm to us to prepare to follow. 2. That they must not be extravagant in the expressions of their mourning, no, not for their dearest relations, verse 5. Their mourning must not be either, 1. Superstitious, according to the manner of the heathen, who cut off their hair, and let out their blood, in honor of the imaginary deities which presided, as they thought, in the congregation of the dead, that they might engage them to be propitious to their departed friends. Even the superstitious rites used of old at funerals are an indication of the ancient belief of the immortality of the soul, and its existence in a separate state, and though the rites themselves were forbidden by the divine law, because they were performed to false gods, yet the decent respect which nature teaches, and which the law allows to be paid to the remains of our deceased friends, shows that we are not to look upon them as lost. Nor too. Must it be passionate or immoderate? Note, God's ministers must be examples to others of patience under affliction, particularly that which touches in a very tender part, the death of their near relations. They are supposed to know more than others of the reasons why we must not sorrow, as those that have no hope, 1 Thessalonians 4 verse 13, and therefore they ought to be eminently calm and composed, that they may be able to comfort others with the same comforts wherewith they are themselves comforted of God. The people were forbidden to mourn for the dead with superstitious rites, chapter 19 verses 27 and 28, and what was unlawful to them was much more unlawful to the priest. The reason given for their peculiar care not to defile themselves we have, verse 6, because they offered the bread of their God, even the offerings of the Lord made by fire, which were the provisions of God's house and table. They are highly honored, and therefore must not stain their honor by making themselves slaves to their passions, they are continually employed in sacred service, and therefore must not be either diverted from or disfitted for the services they were called to. If they pollute themselves, they profane the name of their God on whom they attend. If the servants are rude and of ill behavior, it is a reflection upon the master, as if he kept a loose and disorderly house. Note, all that either offer or eat the bread of our God must be holy in all manner of conversation, or else they profane that name which they pretend to sanctify. 2. They must take care not to degrade themselves in their marriage. Verse 7. A priest must not marry a woman of ill fame, that either had been guilty, or was suspected to have been guilty of uncleanness. He must not only not marry a harlot, though ever so great a penitent for her former whoredoms, but he must not marry one that was profane, that is, of a light carriage or indecent behavior. Nay, he must not marry one that was divorced, because there was reason to think it was for some fault she was divorced. The priests were forbidden to undervalue themselves by such marriages as these, which were allowed to others, one. Lest it should bring a present reproach upon their ministry, harden the profane in their profaneness, and grieve the hearts of serious people, the New Testament gives laws to ministers' wives, 1 Timothy 3 verse 11, that they be grave and sober, that the ministry be not blamed. 2. Lest it should entail a reproach upon their families, 
for the work and honor of the priesthood were to descend as an inheritance to their children after them. Those do not consult the good of their posterity as they ought who do not take care to marry such as are of good report and character. He that would seek a godly seed, as the expression is, Malachi 2 verse 15, must first seek a godly wife, and take heed of a corruption of blood. It is added here, verse 8, Thou shalt sanctify him, and he shall be holy unto thee. Not only thou, O Moses, by taking care that these laws be observed, but thou, O Israel, by all endeavors possible to keep up the reputation of the priesthood, which the priests themselves must do nothing to expose or forfeit. He is holy to his God, verse 7, therefore he shall be holy unto thee. Note, we must honor those whom our God puts honor upon. Gospel ministers by this rule are to be esteemed very highly in love for their work's sake, 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 13, and every Christian must look upon himself as concerned to be the guardian of their honor. 3. Their children must be afraid of doing anything to disparage them, verse 9 If the daughter of any priest play the whore, her crime is great, she not only polluteth, but profaneth herself, other women have not that honor to lose that she has, who, as one of a priest's family, has eaten of the holy things, and is supposed to have been better educated than others. Nay, she profaneth her father, he is reflected upon, and everybody will be ready to ask, why did not he teach her better? And the sinners in Zion will insult and say, here is your priest's daughter. Her punishment there must be peculiar, she shall be burnt with fire, for a terror to all priests' daughters. Note, the children of ministers ought, of all others, to take heed of doing anything that is scandalous, because in them it is doubly scandalous, and will be punished accordingly by him whose name is Jealous. 10 And he that is the high priest among his brethren, upon whose head the anointing oil was poured, and that is consecrated to put on the garments, shall not uncover his head, nor rend his clothes, 11 Neither, neither shall he go into any dead body, nor defile himself for his father, or for his mother, 12 Neither shall he go out of the sanctuary, nor profane the sanctuary of his God, for the crown of the anointing oil of his God is upon him, I am the Lord. 13 And he shall take a wife in her virginity. 14 A widow, or a divorced woman, or profane, or an harlot, these shall he not take, but he shall take a virgin, a virgin of his own people to wife. 15 Neither shall he profane his seed among his people, for I the Lord do sanctify him. More was expected from a priest than from other people, but more from the high priest than from other priests, because upon his head the anointing oil was poured, and he was consecrated to put on the garments. Verse 10 both which were typical of the anointing and adorning of the Lord Jesus, with all the gifts and graces of the Holy Spirit, which he received without measure. It is called the crown of the anointing oil of his God, verse 12, for the anointing of the Spirit is, to all that have it, a crown of glory, and a diadem of beauty. The high priest being thus dignified. 1. He must not defile himself at all for the dead, no, nor for his nearest relations, his father or his mother, much less his child or brother, verse 11. 1. He must not use the common expressions of sorrow on those occasions, such as uncovering his head and rending his clothes, verse 10, so perfectly unconcerned must he show himself in all the crosses and comforts of this life, even his natural affection must be swallowed up in compassion to the ignorant and a feeling of their infirmities and a tender concern for the household of God, which he was made the ruler of. Thus being the Holy One that was entrusted with the Thummim and the Urim he must not know father or mother, Deuteronomy 33 verses 8 and 9. 2. 
he must not go into any dead body, verse 11. If any of the inferior priests were under a ceremonial pollution, there were other priests that might supply their places, but if the high priest were defiled, there would be a greater one of him. And the forbidding of him to go to any house of mourning, or attend any funeral, would be an indication to the people of the greatness of that dignity to which he was advanced. Our Lord Jesus, the great high priest of our profession, touched the dead body of Jairus's daughter, the beer of the widow's son, and the grave of Lazarus, to show that he came to alter the property of death, and to take off the terror of it, by breaking the power of it. Now that it cannot destroy it does not defile. 3. He must not go out of the sanctuary, verse 12, that is, whenever he was attending or officiating in the sanctuary, where usually he tarried in his own apartment all day, he must not go out upon any occasion whatsoever, nor cut short his attendance on the living, the living God, no, not to pay his last respects to a dying relation. It was a profanation of the sanctuary to leave it, while his presence was requisite there, upon any such occasion, for thereby he preferred some other business before the service of God and the business of his profession, to which he ought to make everything else give place. Thus our Lord Jesus would not leave off preaching to speak with his mother and brethren, Matthew 12 verse 48. 2. He might not marry a widow, as other priests might, much less one divorced, or a harlot, verses 13 and 14. The reason of this was to put a difference between him and other priests in this matter, and, as some suggest, that he might be a type of Christ, to whom the church was to be presented a chaste virgin, 2 Corinthians 11 verse 2. See Ezekiel 44 verse 22. Christ must have our first love, our pure love, our entire love, thus the virgins love thee, Canticles 1 3, and such only are fit to follow the Lamb, Revelation 14 verse 4. 3. He might not profane his seat among his people, verse 15. Some understand it as forbidding him to marry any of an inferior rank, which would be a disparagement to his family. Jehoiada indeed, indeed married of his own tribe, but then it was into the royal family, 2 Chronicles 22 verse 11. This was not to teach him to be proud, but to teach him to be pure, and to do nothing unbecoming his office, and the worthy name by which he was called. Or it may be a caution to him in disposing of his children, he must not profane his seed by marrying them unsuitably. Ministers' children are profaned if they be unequally yoked with unbelievers. 16 And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, 17 Speak unto Aaron, saying, Whosoever he be of thy seed in their generations that hath any blemish, let him not approach to offer the bread of his God. 18 For whatsoever man he be that hath a blemish, he shall not approach, a blind man, or a lame, or he that hath a flat nose, or anything superfluous, 19 Or a man that is broken-footed, or broken-handed, 20 Or crook-backed, or a dwarf, or that hath a blemish in his eye, or be scurvy, or scabbed, or hath his stones broken, 21 No man that hath a blemish of the seed of Aaron the priest shall come nigh to offer the offerings of the Lord made by fire, he hath a blemish, he shall not come nigh to offer the bread of his God. 22 He shall eat the bread of his God, both of the most holy, and of the holy. 23 Only he shall not go in unto the veil, nor come nigh unto the altar, because he hath a blemish, that he profane not my sanctuaries, for I the Lord do sanctify them. 24 And Moses told it unto Aaron, and to his sons, and unto all the children of Israel. The priesthood being confined to one particular family, and entailed upon all the male issue of that family throughout their generations, 
it was very likely that some or other in afterages that were born to the priesthood would have natural blemishes and deformities, the honor of the priesthood would not secure them from any of those calamities which are common to men. Divers' blemishes are here specified, some that were ordinarily for life, as blindness, others that might be for a time, as a scurf or scab, and, when they were gone, the disability ceased. Now. 1. The law concerning priests that had blemishes was, 1. That they might live upon the altar, verse 22, he shall eat of the sacrifices with the other priests, even the most holy things, such as the showbread and the sin offerings, as well as the holy things, such as the tithes and firstfruits, and the priest's share of the peace offerings. The blemishes were such as they could not help, and therefore, though they might not work, they must not starve. Note, none must be abused for their natural infirmities. Even the deformed child in the family must have its child's part. 2. Yet they must not serve at the altar, at either of the altars, nor be admitted to attend or assist the other priests in offering sacrifice or burning incense, verses 17, 21 and 23. Great men choose to have such servants about them as are sightly, and it was fit that the great God should have such in his house then, when he was pleased to manifest his glory and external indications of it. But it was especially requisite that comely men should be chosen to minister about holy things, for the sake of the people, who were apt to judge according to outward appearance, and to think meanly of the service, how honorable soever it was made, made by the divine institution, of those that performed it looked despicably, or went about it awkwardly. This provision God made for the preserving of the reputation of his altar, that it might not at any time fall under contempt. It was for the credit of the sanctuary that none should appear there who were any way disfigured, either by nature or accident. 2. Under the Gospel, 1. Those that labor under any such blemishes as these have reason to thank God that they are not thereby excluded from offering spiritual sacrifices to God, nor, if otherwise qualified for it, from the office of the ministry. There is many a healthful beautiful soul lodged in a crazy deformed body. Yet 2. We ought to infer hence how incapable those are to serve God acceptably whose minds are blemished and deformed by any reigning vice. Those are unworthy to be called Christians and unfit to be employed as ministers that are spiritually blind and lame and crooked, whose sins render them scandalous and deformed so as that the offerings of the Lord are abhorred for their sakes. The deformities of Hophni and Phinehas were worse than any of the blemishes here mentioned. Let such therefore as are openly vicious be put out of the priesthood as polluted persons, and let all that are made to our God spiritual priests be before him holy, and without blemish, and comfort themselves with this, that, though in this imperfect state they have spots that are the spots of God's children, yet they shall shortly appear before the throne of God without spot, or wrinkle, or any such thing.